Lauren Adam on LBC. 25 minutes to four, it's LBC. Good morning. Leading Britain's conversation for Wednesday morning. It's the 22nd of June. Uh, I want to turn to what has happened in Texas over the last few weeks and, and one of many inquests into the horrifying shooting in Uvalde uh, in that school in Texas. The public safety chief of the state has testified that there were enough police on the scene to have stopped the killer three minutes before he entered the school. The testimony comes from Stephen McCraw telling a state Senate hearing that the police response was an abject failure, accusing the on-scene commander of placing officers' lives above the children's. Police waited for over an hour outside classrooms before a team made entry. Before I came on air, I spoke to Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent, and he told me what has been revealed in this hearing. Well, this was a very revealing session of the Texas State Senate, and it's just worth making the point that there are multiple investigations taking place focused on what we now know, without question, was an entirely botched law enforcement response to uh, that mass shooting at the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde just under a month ago, May the 24th. Uh, it took place costing the lives of 19, 8, 9 and 10-year-olds and two children. But when the director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, Steve McCraw, testified before lawmakers in the Texas Senate uh, in the city of Austin today, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Even seasoned lawmakers were said to be aghast at what they were hearing and what Steve McCraw was telling them. And he is essentially the top cop in Texas. He's a senior law enforcement Enforcement official running uh, essentially what is a statewide uh, policing uh, unit. Uh, what he told them essentially was that, as uh, various reports have indicated, lives absolutely could have been saved had it not been for the actions of the senior commanding officer who took control of the scene. Take a listen to this. The officers had weapons. The children had none. The officers had body armor. The children had none. The officers had training. The subject had none. One error, 14 minutes and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. And while they waited, the on-seat commander waited for radio and rifles. Then he waited for shields. Then he waited for SWAT. Lastly, he waited for a key that was never needed. And that key was never needed because it appears that the senior commanding officer at the scene and some of the other officers who were responding surmised that the door to the classroom in which the shooter had barricaded himself was locked, but appear never actually to have tested that theory. I don't believe, based on the information we have right now, that that door was ever secured. In fact... I have great reason to believe it wasn't secured. The subject doesn't just walk in, as I testified before, then shoot the classroom, walk back out of the hallway, then walk back in again, seamlessly, okay? And he didn't have a key, and he didn't certainly didn't lock, he couldn't lock it from the inside. So, so the door was unsecured. 
The thrust of his testimony was that there was a sufficient law enforcement response with enough firepower and enough specialist equipment very early on, certainly within minutes of the gunman entering the school, for law enforcement to have made an effort to bring the siege to an end and obviously therefore also made an effort potentially to save some of the lives that were lost. But as we know, the gunman walked into the building at about 33 minutes past 11 in the morning and police didn't finally get into the classroom and kill him until about 50 minutes past 12 in the afternoon. So he was in there mm. for fully 80 minutes with some of those young children and teachers making a series of phone calls to 911, the American equivalent of 999, urging the police to come in and breach the uh, room, which police did not do and this testimony uh, was accompanied by the phrase abject failure that's how Steve McCraw described the law enforcement response and it was accompanied by uh, video grabs that we've seen from for the first time security cameras in the building uh, that show police very early in the siege basically doing nothing as they look down a long corridor towards the classrooms where the gunman was holed up with those children. Imagine, Darren, yeah. being the families of those children and those two school teachers and hearing that testimony today. The response to that must be rage and heartbreak, but also just an overwhelming desire to shout, why? Why was it the case that this response was so late, particularly when it appeared to be sufficient in number, why why was this allowed to happen or not happen? I guess. Yeah, and of course there are enormous questions and potential legal charges yes. now facing the senior commanding officer at the scene. Uh, he was, is, the head of the Uvalde Independent School District Police Force. And just to explain that, in, in this country, uh, schools are, of course, administered locally, uh, and most school districts have police that simply are employed to service the school district. And these are not normally particularly crack law enforcement units. So there is an abiding question here about why the head of the school district police force was left in charge of this operation. I mean, he, he's certainly having enormous uh, amounts of blame uh, directed at him by, uh, among others, Director McCraw today. Uh, but I can't personally remember ever seeing a Hollywood film uh, in which there is a massive police response to an incident and the most junior commander at the scene is left in charge of it for very long. So there are still all sorts of questions about yeah. what the sort of the out-of-town response, because remember, remember, this is a rural community in South Texas. It's at least an uh, 80 minutes drive from the nearest big city, San Antonio, and we know mm. that they were waiting for backup equipment and backup resources to come in from San Antonio uh, and other towns around Uvalde. But we don't yet have a complete understanding of why this relatively junior commander, uh, who they say was responsible for botching 
this so uh, completely why he was the man who remained in control at the scene. Uh, and obviously all of this raises monumental questions of litigation mm. uh, with the families presumably now uh, hiring lawyers and preparing uh, to sue the state and its law enforcement agencies for what will end up being millions of dollars in damages given what we already yeah. know and we're still at the very early stages of these investigations. What's really striking for me, Simon, is that the gun nuts, as I would unambiguously describe them in places like Texas, who say the way to beat a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun. Well, here were potentially 19 good guys with guns and they were not able or they did not stop this massacre that took place. And, and the kind of person who makes that case is Ted Cruz, the Texan senator who, in the wake of this tragedy, suggested there should be fewer doors, not fewer guns, but fewer doors. In yeah, well, well, that's absolutely the Republican plan, as it was voiced by Senator Cruz at the National Rifle Association conference in Houston, just uh, 280 miles or so away from Uvalde a few weeks back after the shooting, just days after the shooting, and also former President Donald Trump, whose plan is to turn schools into armed encampments with only one point of entry. He's advocating for schools to be encircled by fencing, to have one, uh, just like a military base, one point of entry where anyone who's not a student or a teacher has to be pre-cleared by uh, armed officers before they are able to gain entry to the campus. And indeed, uh, the, the gun nuts have argued uh, that had there been an armed officer uh, uh, on patrol at the school when the shooter arrived, and there wasn't because uh, the Uvalde Independent School District has uh, security but they patrol multiple schools, so there was no uh, security officer who happened to be on duty at the school that morning. Uh, they argue that had there been someone with a gun right at the perimeter uh, of the school, they might have had a chance of confronting this. But, you know, this botched law enforcement operation cuts both ways, because on the one hand, you can look at it and say uh, that if 19 uh, officers couldn't bring this to a conclusion, uh, then it's far from evident that more guns are going to be able to resolve this problem but for rural communities like Uvalde witnessing this and coming to the realization that for all the talk uh, of arming police and and in a town where 40 percent of its annual budget is spent on policing in fact law enforcement proved absolutely hopeless at defending the lives yeah. of their children and so some of the uptick in gun sales that we're seeing now is coming from rural areas where some people are concluding that if law enforcement can't help them, maybe they do need to arm themselves in order pr to protect their families. But you do wonder why they aren't concluding that maybe fewer assault rifles in the hands of 18-year-old incels on their birthdays might be the way to go. Well, and of course there are many voices in Uvalde that have reached that conclusion, and they include the families of the victims that President Biden uh, met when he visited the scene uh, shortly after uh, the mass shooting attack, and some of those families testified uh, in favour of the uh, package of very limited gun control measures that are still glacially making their way through Capitol Hill. There was some indication today that after difficulties last week, Republicans stormed out of talks last week. Now they appear to be making some headway. But again, hugely limited proposals. They're not talking about taking guns away from anyone. They are talking about raising the legal age at 
which it would be uh, mm. possible to buy an assault rifle from 18 to 21. That's the House of Representatives version of this legislation. In the Senate, the legislation at the moment only calls for enhanced background checks and greater use of uh, red flag laws that would allow police uh, to remove weaponry from people they deem to be a threat to local communities. But remember, the shooter in this case was never flagged as a threat to the local community by anyone. Uh, so uh, it's hard to see that this limited measure, yeah. uh, package of measures that, that may pass through the Senate would have done anything uh, to head this uh, absolute tragedy off. And again, in Texas, in that state where that tragedy took place, the Republican Party convention in the last couple of days, amongst other off-the-page crazy stuff, mocking and condemning anyone in the Republican Party that has even suggested that they might be on board with very limited restrictions on gun ownership. Yeah, absolutely. And Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, a uh, fervent Republican supporter of former President Donald Trump, has done more in his time in office to boost gunner ownership in Texas uh, than even many of his predecessors. I mean, this is a man who shortly after he became governor uh, took to Twitter to complain uh, that Californians were outstripping Texans in terms of gun purchases. Texas had slipped into second place for gun purchases purchases uh, in the United States behind California and he told Texans to go out and reverse that and they did indeed so the following year Texas was back in the number one spot so no shortage of additional weaponry uh, being acquired by the people of the Lone Star State uh, and huge questions now from these multiple investigations uh, all of which indicate that it's not guns that are the it, that it is guns that are the mm. problem here mm. uh, and that diverting this conversation down the path of, uh, you know, mental health, which is what Greg Abbott wants to do, uh, is is a, a diversionary tactic, uh, not least because of the hock in which Governor Abbott and Senator Cruz and others are uh, to the gun industry, which, of course, has poured money into their political campaigns over the years. That was Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent, to whom I spoke before we came on air with that astonishing testimony from the public safety chief in Texas, Stephen McGraw, telling that Texas State Senate hearing that the police response was an abject failure. And it's difficult when you consider the tragic outcome of what happened in Texas on that day a few weeks ago. Difficult to conclude otherwise, I would um, um, suspect. And uh, 19 armed officers were available, up to 19 armed officers. And there's a horrible symmetry there because that's the number of children that lost their lives as a result of that massacre that murderer taking that uh, appalling action on that particular day.